Bush and Richie here with another Hometime Show podcast and welcome along. As you will find out uh, during uh, this particular edition, uh, we're in different rooms. That's to be explained. But as we crack on, uh, you and I, Bush, were in very different rooms last night uh, than to that of our two producers. Yeah, if you remember on last night's show, Richie and I were kind of almost hurried out the door. <laughs> Literally had to put our coats on when we were doing our last link just before seven o'clock because our two producers, uh, Nick and Adem, uh, were invited to uh, the premiere for the new season of Below Deck, the yachting uh, pleasure cruise program that's taken the world by storm. And they were going on about getting to meet yachties and that kind of thing. They were very excited, weren't they? They were indeed. Um, imagine their excitement... Uh, when they get to the event and the yachties that they're being served by are cardboard cutouts of, <laughs> of oh, the no, characters. No, 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 no. It was good, though. It, I, I don't do this a disservice. It was a great night. You're just both jealous so, you weren't there. I saw a photo on Instagram of you and producer Nick Adam, right? Stood next to... What's the old fella? That's Captain, the Captain Lee. He's not a, an old fella. A cardboard fella. cutout of Captain Lee. That doesn't mean you've met him, all right? It's not Madame Tussauds. Oh, no, no. We had to sign the NDA, by the way, so I actually can't talk about it because oh, one of the episodes on. hasn't been out yet. So what? I can tell you I had a great night. Uh, we were hosted and it was lovely and I would go back tonight if they had me. But can't talk about it, guys. Right. OK, well, we just saw you stood next to cardboard cutouts. That's, that's the kind of vibe of the evening that Richie and I got from. Just as spectators on Instagram sat at home, nice and comfy. Do you know what I mean? Um, did you see the lovely gift bags we got, though? I think you've been shoplifting. <laughs> in the group. Uh, I think you've been shoplifting. It says primary charter guest on it. You'll know what that is, Bush. You're a you're a below deck fan. Yeah, that's fair enough. So fair we have VIPs. Got a lovely candle. Is there aftershave in there as well. No, we've got a lovely candle, which is very expensive. We've got a lovely bottle of gin. Right. Can I can I just say the last two podcasts you've been building up your Adem's Gems feature and now you are obviously talking about <laughs> some kind of cash for aftershave thing that has been going on at a cardboard cutout gathering for uh, an online streaming show. Uh, Bush, this needs to be nipped in the bud. Yeah, let's let's wrap him up right now. Let's get rid of this. Here's the podcast of Bush and Richie and Adem. <laughs> oh jeez. So uh, our little one uh, is off with a stinking cold today. She's off nursery. Uh, I'm talking about little Thea. She's three. Uh, And you know the score. There's loads of it around at the moment, like snot everywhere, red nose, watery eyes, that kind of thing. Uh, And my other half, Katie, has got loads of work calls today. So we've got no childcare. That's why I'm broadcasting. A bit like like the good old lockdown, peak (laughs) lockdown days from our little upstairs office and everything. So I've been um, Mr. or Mrs. Doubtfire today, drawing Bluey. uh, Not Blue, just drawing Bluey the cartoon. (laughs) Uh, watching Sean the Sheep, rolling a ball around, standard dad stuff. But here's the thing, right? And this is why I need a bit of advice on from yourself, Richie, and everyone listening to this show. I want to cook for Thea a proper ill kid day off meal. Do you remember <laughs> those meals or snacks that your parents used to cook for you specifically yep. when you were off ill? It's a rite of passage. Now, I remember when I was a kid, the one my mum used to do, we called it gookie egg, which I think was just a little phrase in our house. I don't think that's the actual term for it, but she would kind of nearly hard boil an egg so not completely hard but like just slightly off being hard chop it up into little pieces uh put it in with some butter in the um in a cup and then mix it all up with salt and pepper and, and we would have that that would be our off school uh, day off meal so Did you have anything like that when you were a kid i mean that sounds very egg mayo basically 
It's nearly egg mayonnaise, but it's in a cup, so you could carry it around in like a in like a teacup, like a builder, <laughs> sizing up a job. Chicken soup would be go-to in my house, little bit route one, oh. although if it's a sore throat, I'm a uh, great advocate of just uh, toast and marmite cut into sh- uh, soldiers, and then you're almost sort of like aggravating the throat, saying, come on then, all right, here's some nice hard toast, some marmite to aggravate it, go away, sore throat. Well, do you know what? I mean, she has got, she's saying she's got a sore throat. I, I'm half tempted to try and give her a madras, because that normally works. You know, like, sweat it out. Um, so, uh, Stephen's just tweeted now, suggesting a jam signing. That's the kind of thing we're after. Ultimate ill meals. What should I cook for Thea this evening for a tea? Open to all suggestions. Think back to when you were a kid and you had a day off school with, like, a tummy bug or a sore throat or whatever, sitting there watching Neighbours at half one in your duvet. What did your parents cook for you? Because that's the thing I want to cook for Thea. Uh, Helen is offering up boiled rice, baked beans and a dash of soy sauce. Uh, says, my Ooh. childhood illness experience in a bowl. That would be tough enough to get a three-year-old to eat if she was feeling 100%. It sounds like someone you might have in Tenko. There's another one for the kids. Uh, the Irrelevance on Twitter say, oh, this is a good combo, tomato soup with what's it in the, the actual soup and thick white bread for dipping. Oh, I'd have that. That's not bad, is it? No, I'd have that and I wouldn't need to be ill. Keep them coming. Uh, in fact, listener Brian has just called it a sick day tea, which is a great way to describe it. So think back to when you were kids, if your mum mum or dad made you a meal while she sat in front of the telly with a duvet on, what was that item? That's the kind of thing. As a rite of passage, I want to cook for Thea tonight. Uh, Charlotte says, warm pasta with salad cream, cheese and cucumber. Still my go-to Ooh. now when I feel poorly. That's a good one. A little bit slightly on the edge. That <laughs> might turn someone's stomach. Yep. Savvy shopper has suggested Lucozade. Now, you can't have a day off school or nursery if you haven't had any Lucozade. Do you know what? They, they, you know, because they've, they've branched out, haven't they, Lucozade? They've done, like, Lucozade Sport and all the kind of cool and trendy ones. But they should still do old school... School, and they should call it ill Lucozade or tummy bug Lucozade with uh, <laughs> that sticky fingered see-through wrapper around the outside as well. They should do that. I don't have to be ill to enjoy that. Love it. Absolutely love it. Martin, uh, what's your suggestion? Yeah, so it's uh, hot dogs, pasta and baked beans. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How, how does this even work, Martin? Give us, give us a look at the, what the dish looks like. So it's just, you know, a couple of handfuls of the little spirally pastel, pasta. Um, half a tin of baked beans and then half a tin of hot dogs all chopped up um, chuck it all in together mix it up it is delicious and it will heal everything I'm just concerned when you describe I mean half a tin of pasta half a tin of baked beans well, half a tin of hot half dogs half a tin of baked beans yeah, yeah, or, or a tin of hot dogs. You can have all eight if you want. <laughs> sure, right. A tin of hot dogs. But whenever I've yes, had frankfurters, mate. you know when you get you get the frankfurters in the packet, right? Yeah. You always think, I'll just have a couple. Yep. I, I end up having the whole lot. They're so nice, aren't they? That's it. That's the one. Look, you guys go and get a party somewhere. A, a, a tin of hot dogs <laughs> is actually making me feel ill. Bush and Martin sausage party. What about that, Martin? Here's one. You better take notes on this one. There's a bit of work to be done. Hayley in the Black Country says, mash made into a volcano, baked beans on top of the volcano like lava, then turkey dinosaurs walking all over it, and it's got to be in a bowl. That sounds amazing. That would make me feign illness just to have that as a a volcano of mash. Uh, And Steph uh, has tweeted to say, beef pot noodle, extra ketchup, and left for at least half an hour before eating 
so nice and stodgy. And this is genius as well. She sent a photo on Twitter. We used to have the pot noodles served in a kid's flask while in bed, made up on the sofa. <laughs> and uh, she said, remember those flasks that um, had like Snoopy on the front of them, like blue and red yeah. lid? Snoopy flask. It's genius. Steph, well done. I want your suggestions for uh, those meals that your parents used to make you when you had a day off school. Uh, channel that retro vibe. Uh, this person doesn't leave their name, and you can understand why when you read it. Uh, hi, guys. My poorly food as a kid was a portion of cod in parsley sauce, <laughs> sometimes with mash if there was any leftover from the day before, or sometimes just a cod on its own. To this day, the smell of fish cooking can turn my stomach, and it was really the last thing I wanted to eat when I felt poorly. Thanks for that, Mum. That sounds like someone out of the Shawshank Redemption. That is so grim. Uh, Claire, so what do you have for us? It's always got to be hot Ribena. Because that, you know, that always feels like a cuddle, and mashed mash banana on toast. Because Ugh. that's what my mum used to give me. What, what an unusual combination of foods! So a hot ribena matched up with mashed banana on toast. Yeah, no, you, you have hot ribena in a mug, obviously, mm-hmm. and then you have the you know, mashed banana on toast. I mean, you know, guys, I don't yeah. want to be, I, I, I don't want to be grim here. I don't want to. I, I just want to point something out. All right, when you're feeding an ill child, you've always got to weigh up the risk that what goes down might not stay down. And that as a combo coming back up is rank. I've got to say, my mum always gave it to me, but maybe my mum just liked to take a risk, you know? <laughs> bit, of a, bit of a maverick. Hey, can I ask you a question as well? Uh, in terms of hot ribena now and banana on toast, can you eat that or when you eat it, does it make you feel like you're, you're ill still? I, I, hot ribena all the time. Banana on toast, maybe not quite so much. <laughs> So wish you were in the studio with me here tonight. Obviously, you are at home tending to ill toddler. Uh, but I, I have something to show you here, uh, and it's fascinating. Do you do you believe in little lucky charms, Bush? Little lucky charms? Yeah, I reckon certain items can give you good luck, definitely, 100%. When I got on the... Would you agree we're having a good show so far today? It's been all right, isn't it? It's exactly. been all right. I feel like I have been having a good day today, and I'm putting it down to a lucky charm I've picked up on my way today. Uh, when I got on the train on the way into work, sat down and on this empty little section of seats that I'd thought, right, that's where I'm going to go and sit, sat down, and I spotted this shiny little thing. Close inspection, what is it? Someone has lost a drill bit. I've picked up a little drill bit, so I thought to myself... That's a weird little thing. Strange thing to be left on a train. Putting that in my pocket. I've carried it around, and I swear this shiny drill bit has brought me good luck. Just the first thing is, so you saw a drill bit on the train, you thought, I'll have that, I'll put that in my pocket. Mm-hmm. You put a drill bit in your pocket. Well, what, what, what would you have done? No-one's going to go to lost property at Liverpool Street and saying someone's lost a drill bit. If someone realises they've lost a drill bit, it's like, oh, well, I'll go to Wicks. When you, are you going to use a drill bit? Are you taking that home to use that? Is that what you're going to use it for? No, 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 no. This, this will never do any drilling. This is the lucky charm. So to clarify then why it's been such a good day that you think it might have magical powers? I can't put my finger on one necessary <laughs> thing. I just, holes I just, all over this argument. No, I, I feel like I've had a good day. I went into the little shop around the corner. There was a sorted caramel brownie left. I had a really good coffee. Show's going okay. well. It's just vibes. Well, I tell you what. I mean, we've got, obviously we've got through the decades coming up. Maybe that's a you know bit of good luck there. We it's not going to work on that because we had a win yesterday. So <laughs> <laughs> right, you're, you're pushing my drill bit now. Uh, that, that sounds painful, doesn't it? <laughs> Have you ever had a lucky charm? 
I, to be fair, right, I, I had a lucky shirt that um, I always used to wear when I flew. Not, like, physically, I mean, getting on a plane, stuff like that, right? Right. Because I didn't really like... I wasn't a big fan of flying. I feel like I've overcome that a little bit now, but I used to have to wear the same kind of shirt, the same shirt, every time we got on a plane. Uh, so I felt like that was kind of lucky. I'm still here. Do you know what I mean? The shirt worked. It's more conventional than my lucky drill bit. I would agree with that. If you if you have a less than traditional lucky charm that's working for you, want to hear about it. Boy, you like a big magpie? <laughs> a, like attracted to shiny stuff? Do you keep it under your bed, like in a nest? That's the weirdest thing. Genuinely, the weirdest thing. I mean, if it's a coin, wicked. Two pound coin, wicked. Someone's bracelet, wicked. A drill bit. Mate, there was just something about it that was crying out to me to say, take me home, I'm lost on this train. Uh, This text here says, guys, I'm fairly sure it's proven that a lucky charm can provide good luck, not literally, but mentally, as it can change confidence levels, therefore indirectly creating positivity and good outcomes similar to a placebo effect. I'm not sure how it helps you have a good coffee, though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> got, got a good point. <laughs> Although, this, listen to this text. is coming from Joe in Stoke. Come on. Who says, my ex-husband used to have a pair of lucky pants for his rugby games. There's a lot to unpack there, and I'm not talking about his pants. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, we'll stop there. I found a lucky drill bit on the train today, put it in my pocket. I've had a good day, really good day. It's brought me luck. Want to hear about your uh, lucky charms. Marcus, you got one? A, a lucky pig. <laughs> right. Uh, you need to explain that. Go on, Marcus. What's going on there? It's a little brass pig, and I wear it as a necklace, and I won't get on a plane without wearing it. My nan left it to me. That's fantastic. A brass pig. Um, Not traditionally a lucky animal, a pig, is it? I don't think so, but I lost it once just before I got on holiday, and I refused to go until I found it. Wow. So do you feel it protects you, or it gives you actual luck in terms of putting a bet on something or finding things? Just brings me luck, that's all it is. Keeps me safe. Good for you, Marcus. Actually, I'm just doing a quick, just doing a quick Google search here, Bush. We might have said Googling goodbye. Pigs. Said goodbye to Marcus too quickly. Chinese zodiac: a pig represents luck, overall good fortune, wealth, honesty, and general prosperity. Wow! I need to get myself a brass pig. I need to see what the zodiac says about drill bits. Uh, Bobby has sent us an amazing article about uh, lucky pigs, right? Yeah. Uh, and it says, back in 1980, West Ham physio Rob Jenkins purchased a small silver model of a pig, which he gave to Hammer's hitman David Cross. The reason Jenkins joked with Cross that every time they saw a pig on the coach journey to an away game, he would score. Right. Cross held a small plastic pig in his fist for the entirety of the FA Cup final against Arsenal in 1980, a match which West Ham won 1-0 despite being in Division 2, proving once and for all that pigs are indeed lucky. So it's a pig that beat Arsenal in the Cup final, that's what you're saying, isn't it? Bush and Richie, it's home time on a Thursday night. The radio show has got a radio station for every decade, and right now it's time to jump through time. Bush and Richie, through the decades. With Tesco Mobile. One of you could be winning some cash as we take you through the decades. Can you answer a question from each of the Absolute Radio Decade stations to win yourself £500? We had our first ever winner yesterday. Could this start a wildfire? Let's see what happens. We've got Andrew on the line. Andrew, where are you calling from? Hey, how you doing? I'm calling from Broadstairs in Kent. Now, Lovely. Andrew, did you hear yesterday's contest? Would you have won the £500 like Eamon did? I did. I think I'd have been very close. I was about the same as him on like the same amount of, sort of general knowledge, I think. 
would have been close. Now, you remember, you remember what was it, the five-minute mile, the ten-minute mile? Yeah. The, was that what it was? Roger Bannister, three-minute mile. Three minutes. Was it three minutes? Three minutes. He was quick, Four wasn't minutes, wasn't it? Four minutes, whatever. Yeah, Let's hope that's not a question that comes up. When, when Bannister <laughs> did, at that point, no, they didn't think anyone could run that fast. Yes. And then when he broke it, loads of people broke that, that record, and then it, it started this kind of thing. So we wonder whether last night's winning of the money, could this could be uh, uh, Richie and I going to the cash point on a daily basis. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Let's hope so. I think he had his pasta on that day, didn't he? So I've had pasta for my dinner tonight. So wow, I like it. Andrew, let's see what happens. Uh, you know the rules because you've heard it, but for everyone else, yeah. seven questions, one from each of our sister stations, Absolute Radio, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties, 10s, and the present day. Woo-hoo. 60 seconds on the clock to get all seven correct. You can't pass on a question, and when the time's up, the game is over. Does that make sense? It does, yes. OK, uh, we are calibrating our time machine. Andrew, could you please tell us what decade you'd like to start with? Let's start at the beginning. Let's go with the 60s. All right, nice. OK, Andrew, good luck. Let's go through the decades. Through the decades. 60s, who was the first Doctor to appear in Doctor Who? Uh, William Hartnell. Correct. Wow. 70s, Sticky Fingers is a 1971 album by which band? Rolling Stones. Yes. Correct. Uh, 80s, the 1985 Live Aid concerts to raise money for Ethiopia took place in London and what American city? Oh, was it Philadelphia? Yes, correct. 90s, different class as the fifth studio album by which band? Pulp. Yes. <laughs> Noughties, Wernham Hog Paper Merchants is the fictional paper company for which British sitcom? The Office. Correct. Tens, the social network is a movie about the birth of which American company? Uh, is it Facebook? Yes. Correct. <laughs> and now, Easy On Me is this week's number one single, but by which artist is it by? Oh, uh, God, not popular current music. Is it uh, Ed Sheeran? No. No. Adele? Yes! Congratulations. You've made it home in time for tea. He ate his pasta and he got it right. You've bagged yourself £500. you got another winner. <laughs> oh, that is wicked. I cannot believe it. I thought I really thought I was going to get stuck on that last question. It's Roger Bannister. It's Roger Bannister. <laughs> He's a, this is unbelievable. Good old Rog. Wow, that's so good. You And you were right up against it right to the end there. What an amazing performance. Well done, Andrew. Where's the money going, Andrew? Very much. The money will undoubtedly go to my children. Just they know spending. That's what happened last night. They're handing the money over to the kids. The kids have, <laughs> kids have got everything these days. Treat yourself. <laughs> I don't know. Just give it to them. You know, they're going to use. They're going to spend it anyway, so just hand it over. Get them a Go Henry card each. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> amazing stuff, Andrew. Well done. Uh, that is absolutely awesome. I love the show, guys. Thank you so much. That is brilliant. Thanks, buddy. And him saying that, by the way, is not us. That's, we haven't just given it to him because of that. <laughs> well, it does help. They, they, bummed, they bummed me a fiver before we came on air. I think what's happening now is that the training is paying off. Uh, and you can train yourself by going and playing the game that's online. Uh, you can play the Through the Decades game on your Amazon smart speaker right now by saying, open the Through the Decades game. Through the Decades with Tesco It's time to get the Hometime Film Club going once again. Uh, This is where you get in touch with us. uh, Tell us the very specific need for a movie that you have to watch. And then Bush and I, along with the Hometime audience, give you the right film to watch. And it's been great so far. We had uh, a grandparent getting a taste of their first sci-fi last week. Uh, this week's a really interesting one. If you want to email us, we'd love to hear from you. Hometime at absolutely radio.co.uk. Here's the email. It says, Dear Hometime Film Club, 
Sarah and Jessica here. We are friends and flatmates. And for the first time in ages, we are both in on the same evening and we want to watch a movie together. Uh, we both had a stressful week and really fancy a film that will make us have a good cry. We would welcome any suggestions from the film club this evening. So they're after a movie. This is unusual. They're after a movie that's going to make them both cry in the lounge. It's that sensation of wanting to cry, isn't it? That's that's a strange thing to get past, first of all. Yeah, I mean, because I, I would... It's probably like a... I don't know whether there's like a... Bl- a bloke, old school bloke thing. I normally try and avoid films that make me cry. I don't, I don't want to be made to cry by stuff. Do you know what I mean? I know a film that I cry at every time that I see it, but what I'm going to do... What were their names again? It was uh, uh, Sarah and Jessica. Sorry, I want to be personal to Sarah and Jessica, and I didn't write their names down. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to suggest a film that they will enjoy... And then at the end, it's going to hit them with the tears. So they still get to enjoy okay. a film, but then they're going to get their cry. And Titanic. That, no, it's not Titanic. Oh, I know. Year 2000, Clint Eastwood, Tommy Lee Jones, James Garner, Donald Sutherland, Space Cowboys. Your, your film taste is like anything that's in a bargain basket when you go into <laughs> Woolies back in the day. Do you know what I mean? Have you seen the that's film? That's what it's like. I haven't. It looks terrible. It's not. I promise you, it's what, not. What would they be crying about in Space Cowboys? Final, final scene. Tommy Lee Jones. That's all I'm going to say. Final scene. Tommy Lee Jones. All I'm going to say. Uh, Sarah and Jessica, I would take that with a huge pinch, pinch of salt so far. <laughs> Although he is on a good roll with the drill bits. So Thank you. Yes. Kind of Lucky out. drill bit. Uh, Weirdly for me, right, the film I would suggest is bizarrely the film that I suggested last week. So I'm going to suggest it two weeks on the trot. Interstellar, mentioned it last week as the best sci-fi I've ever seen. I I kid you not, I went to see it on my own at a cinema in Crouch End. Um, And I won't go into why it's kind of emotional, but it's about a father and his daughter and all that kind of stuff. I came outside and had a right old cry. I cried like a drain. The weirdest thing ever. And you very rarely cry. Very rarely cry, bar Saturday afternoons watching Everton play. (laughs) I very, very rarely cry. I don't like crying. Okay, for Sarah and Jessica, a film to give them a good cry. Uh, Interstellar and Space Cowboys have been offered up so far. (laughs) Uh, Willie says, can I suggest watching film footage of Stevie G holding up an Aston Villa shirt as a Rangers fan? It brings a grown man to tears. Come on, sunshine. They want want a recommendation here. Um, Mrs. Wimmy uh, echoes a lot of people and says, and I've never seen this film, Marley and Me. She's sent a gift from a dog. What's all that about? Right, I've read the book. Um, I've read the book and floods of tears. I cannot imagine, and I've, I've through choice, have never watched the movie because the book destroyed me. So I, I cannot watch that as a movie. Is it something sad about a dog? Yes. Uh, Pablo Spurs says Field of Dreams, which is something sad about baseball, is it? Uh, I would imagine so. You're really into baseball. You'd probably like that. Yeah, I think you might have Kevin Costner in it. So come on then. Uh, uh, Sarah and Jessica, they both want a, a, an amazing movie to watch that they're going to cry to tonight. Drop us a little text with a recommendation, 8 12 15. Uh, and Laura's now texted to say, did they say if they want a happy cry or a sad cry? There is a difference. <laughs> now, I know normally, nowadays, if you talk about gender, you get your head kicked in, but I would say this is quite a female thing in that uh, uh, other girlfriends of mine have said, I mean, girlmates, by the way, before I get in trouble, sitting here upstairs broadcasting <laughs> Uh, we have a girlfriend. Um, There's quite a female thing where they want to have a cry. Watch a film specifically to have a cry. I don't, I don't think I don't know any guys that would say, "Let's get a film on so we can have a good cry to it." Maybe maybe that's me over the step in the mark. Do you know what I mean? My Space Cowboys suggestion fits whether it's a happy cry or a sad cry. Still, so I'm I think yeah. I'm fine with my suggestion. I, I think I would be crying if you made me watch Space Cowboys. <laughs> All right, Kimberly, what are we going for? Um, eight below. Eight below. Yeah, What's eight below about, Kim? 
Um, so it's about a pack of huskies and them going to the North Pole with their um, owner and what happens to their owner and then them. Oh, no. Is it a true story? Uh, no, I don't think so. Can they, uh, can they like, talk in that? Can they talk to each other, the dogs, in April? Um, I don't recall them talking. There are bits where it's almost like what they're thinking. Right. But they don't talk. I'm doing a, uh, a quick Google search because... Uh, Truth be told, going to be honest with you, never heard of it. Um, <laughs> let's have a look. St- oh my! Oh, stars Paul Walker. It's even, it's even more of a tearjerker. I know. Oh man! I was going to suggest match of the day from the other weekend with Everton, <laughs> but we'll leave that one there. Um, there's been some brilliant suggestions come in. A lot of people talking about the Notebook, which Richie and I have not seen before, so we don't know about that. Uh, Tom Gill has suggested the Champ with John Voigt, which our producer Adam has just nonchalantly said in the background. Oh, that's the monkey one, isn't it? Is there a monkey in the Champ? I'm not too sure there is. I think it's any which way we're loose. <laughs> Um, I think there's one screaming out at us. You know, we spoke to Kimberly earlier about Eight Below and the Huskies. You and I had never heard of it. And then we just went weak at the knees when uh, Paul Walker was mentioned. Tracy oh, yeah. has just tweeted, Eight Below is a true story. Quick paragraph. Ooh. Based on the true story of a Japanese Antarctic expedition in 1958, the film tells the sad story of the dogs getting left behind in a dangerously cold conditions. A dog sled team is chained outside a research station while the humans leave in a hurry as winter sets in. Oh wow! I mean, we didn't we didn't clarify earlier on whether they can talk to each other or not. If they can, if the dogs can talk to each other, that's just a bonus as well. So I don't want to rob Sarah and Jessica of watching Space Cowboys, but I think uh, Eight Below might be the one to go for. That's, that's the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Fantastic to have another winner on Through the Decades. Can you believe it? Uh, let's see what happens next week. Maybe it was Richie's lucky drill bit. Uh, just to go back to what we were talking about before, there could be a, a phone-in topic on what we were chatting to Adem, our producer, about just at the start of the podcast. If you've had a good freebie bag of something, if you've been given freebies in any capacity for doing something or maybe you got to a hotel and you've cleaned it out or whatever... Tell us about it, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. What have you got as a freebie? Also, I'm not obliged to say this, but you can get a seven-day free trial of Hey You right oh, now to watch Below Deck. Please, oh, please, right. please, 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 please. Deactivate him, Richie, deactivate him. <laughs>